Hello, and welcome to Cover Your Eyes Podcast. Today we're talking about the movie, The Italian Job, from 1969, starring Michael Caine and Noel Cowan, and some other people. And Benny uh, Hill! Oh my god, and Benny Hill, of course. <laughs> and lots of Mini Coopers and some Fiat's. And today is a special episode because we have a guest, which we've never had before. Yay! Um, James Hammond from the Winging It Travel Podcast. Welcome. Hello. How are you guys doing? Oh, great. Good. Thank you. So we actually asked him to choose a movie, and this is the one that he chose. And so we're really excited to hear his thoughts on it. And also, just want to hear a little bit more about your podcast, James. Yeah, so my podcast is a travel podcast, as you probably know from the title. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is a guest only podcast at the minute so guests come in every week to talk about their travels where they've been what stories they've got to share what lessons they've got from their travels and try and inspire people to travel so lots of different countries areas around the world different types of travel so solo travel female travel lgbq all that type of travel try and cover all that and mostly try and inspire you to get out there out of your comfort zone and go and travel because i've done a lot of traveling previously so that's the idea I've listened to it. Um, It's very interesting. I almost never travel, but it's nice (laughs) to hear about other people's travels. And it has made me be like, hmm, maybe I do need to take a trip. So thank you, James. Oh, really? So if if I was asked you, like, maybe one country you heard about, is there one country that you heard think, oh, okay. Oh, Greece. Greece. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Me too. Definitely. (laughs) Oh, maybe we should take a trip. (laughs) There you go. <laughs> it's already working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the aim. That is exactly the aim. Yeah, yeah. you summed up well. Yeah, Greece is a great Wonderful. place. I've, I've actually never been. Can you believe? So, mm. yeah, that's on my list. Apparently, it's on all of our lists. Yes. So let's do it. Yeah, meet us in Greece. Yeah, yeah we did a podcast episode. You can come on the podcast episode. Oh, nice. There you go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> we have to go to Greece first, and then we'll have to talk about yeah. <laughs> These are so high stakes. <laughs> that's a deal. Maybe we can write it off as a business expense somehow. Oh, d- oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Damn, you've got my you've got my idea in my head. Oh god, yeah. that is the secret plan. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> nice. Hmm. So, James, um, the Italian job. What, what made you want to watch this with us? Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because it's way before my time. So I was born in 89. So this would have been like 10 years later mm-hmm. in the late 90s. I just always remember looking forward to watching it. I think because my dad loved it. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys are the same age, but back in the 90s when there wasn't Netflix and there wasn't like easily available films, mm-hmm. there's other two ways you could watch it. One, you own the videotape. VHS, you remember those guys? Oh, yeah. Or two, you go and rental, you go and rent it out from Blockbusters or something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Third option, actually, is it, it randomly comes on TV, but you're like flicking through the magazine, like, is it on now? No. Is it on next week? No. So I used to look out for it, and it used to come on like, you know, once every year or something. And my first memories is because I'm travel based and podcast, that first scene when he's driving through the Alps. Mm-hmm. in Matt Monroe on days like these in the background in his Ferrari and it's just the visual of the Alps and the mountains it just looked really idyllic compared to where I was from I was like mm-hmm. imagine going there so that's the first oh. memory I can mem- remember from the film is just like imagine being in that car before he gets killed yeah and then 
<laughs> driving around the Alps. Yeah, that's the first memory. Oh, I love that. And then the guy gets killed by the most drama queen mafia I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'd say a bit overkill. There's like a hundred like of them on the uh, on the cliff, right? <laughs> and they're like got horns. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, what is happening? <laughs> Why do the whole army? It's just because the actual thing that kills them is the uh, is the crane, right? Well, oh, yeah. speaking of the tunnel, I have a memory of this movie with my that I associate with my dad because yeah. he was really into classic cars. Ah, yeah. And we do need to take a moment of silence for all the beautiful cars that die in this film. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, right. <laughs> so, I've always had this fear of going through the tunnels on a highway. And I didn't know why I had it because I've like felt like I've had it my whole life. I rewatched the Italian job and I was like, oh my God, it's from this movie. Like, that's where this fear comes from. Because mm-hmm. I saw this when I was like six or something, you know? So that was pretty interesting yeah. um, to have that memory. And then also just to connect um, to my dad through like his love of cars. Mm. I think my nice. dad had the love of Michael Caine. I think that's just one of his favorite actors, right? Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. the connection. I think that's why he probably watched it. And it's in the uh-huh. 60s, and he grew up in the 60s. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like swing in sixties, late sixties, right? So. Was he into the swing in sixties in the UK? Uh, I think he was just a bit too young. He, he was born in sixty, so <laughs> he would he he would say to me he remembers like the tail end as a kid. Like we're talking now about me remember watching it the same age mm-hmm. as that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a, he's a seventies grown up guy, nice. which is very interesting. Different decade, that very different decade. The seventies are still pretty cool, so I'm sure. Yeah. Did, the 70s are, my dad says he didn't like it. Mm-hmm. UK, pretty tough times. Like, a lot of mm, unions yeah. involved. Like, people got no work. The power was off. Oh. Uh, real mm-hmm. low employment. It was just a bad time. Like, the mm-hmm. mid to late 70s, I think, was a bad period. Yeah. It was like that here, too, but not to the extreme that you all had mm-hmm. by any means. Yeah, so I think he's got that memory from the 70s. But he loves music, so he would talk mm-hmm. about, like, like, T-Rex and... Oh, David yeah. Bowie and all that sort of stuff, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah, he loves all that. I'm a huge T-Rex fan, personally. Oh, I love Mark Bowling. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a hero. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, I think that all dads are fans of Michael Caine. <clears throat> I think it's like a requisite <laughs> to be a dad. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine. I just remember every time I – so I love him, too – and um, every time I hear his name, I think of, I think it was him or someone else that was on like Johnny Carson or something. And they were talking about how to say his name. And they say, you say like my cocaine. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like Michael Caine. Wait, he says it. <laughs> Try it. My cocaine. My cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. James, I'm sorry if that's offensive to you. As an actual. It is definitely not offensive. Okay. <laughs> It'll be I just funny. Love the accent so much that I want to imitate it. It's my favorite. Oh, okay, that'd be funny if you like whipped out a southern accent or something. <laughs> You're like, no, that's all right. 
Yes. Um, so the tunnel scene, that was scary. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was nice how they like murdered him, but also mm -hmm. had a funeral instantly afterwards for him. So yeah. mm -hmm. planning ahead. Respect. One stop shop. One stop shop. <laughs> <laughs> It's the worst like, funeral. Know for sure that it was him coming. Like, did they have walkie-talkies set up? You know, what if some other random person had accidentally been on that? Great road? question. Mm -hmm. Great question. That's just the high anxiety in me thinking that. <laughs> it seems a pretty uh, clear road from the uh, mm -hmm. onset, right? That seems to be made traffic about. So yeah, they got mm -hmm. lucky with that. <laughs> yeah, they were willing to take that risk. <laughs> mm -hmm. I found it really interesting how the mob is run thinking is talking about planning ahead, how the mob is run like a corporation um, in this movie. The British uh, mob, Mr. Bridgers. Yeah, no coward, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like he has a corporation only it organizes crime. Yes, it's a weird I don't know if you what you guys think, it's a weird like dynamic in the movie where the Italian mob are so just like, yeah, they're only out killing people. And yet our mob in the UK is run by someone in prison where mm -hmm. like he has no freedom. He's just like directing people, but he's got this like hero status. It's a really mm -hmm. weird dynamic. And yeah, Michael Caine has to go through him to get the job done. So we can never compare to the Italian mob, right? Cause they're probably <laughs> number one mafia in the world, aren't they? Like in, in history. But yeah, it, it's almost like we tried to rival it, but we knew we weren't, and rival him so we had to go a different route which is like this guy in prison mm -hmm. yeah interesting he's in prison but he's the boss of the prison basically yeah yeah and he runs his whole operation like they do experiments on the best way to get the job done and yeah. there's like a lot of red tape and <laughs> files yeah. And I was just like, this This is just showing us that corporations, it's a warning call. The future corporations of the world are just the fucking mob. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly that. And he approves the budget, right? I think he has to approve <laughs> like, more money. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah. so... Um, do you want to talk about the what the job is? What's the Italian job? Mm, yeah. Yeah, so I, I get the impression from the film, from the sort of like the storyline is that the UK is in need of this money. So what they think is they're going to steal this amount of money in what in the, in the worth of gold. So the mm -hmm. Italian job is to go to Italy, Nick, I think it's a Fiat. I think mm -hmm. they're going to deal, deal with the Chinese and they're like, right, we're going to nick this gold in broad daylight and bring it back to the UK and sort of help the the national finances. So it gives you that, that nationalistic feel, like we're doing this for the country, it's the right thing. So that's like classic 60s British movies a little bit, especially late mm -hmm. 60s. Oh, so yeah, interesting. It was that, it was that, yeah, it's that sort of feel, right? Yeah. Um, and, you, and you just find in mind like, oh, yeah, he's got to go and do that. So he, he can go and like blow cars up and you know, be a criminal. So that's kind of the idea. Like, it justifies him being a criminal. Yeah. Croker, Michael Caine, is a Robin yeah. Hood figure. Yeah. Yeah, he's just come out of prison as well, right? He's just mm -hmm. been in prison. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. In the 70s, when corporations start to take over everything, they're also discussing globalization because they're having Italian cars made in China. Yes. 
So that, that the rise of the Chinese as well, right? Which had been coming, I think, but I think mm-hmm. in the seventies probably onwards it started to really mm-hmm. escalate into a global power now. So I think that yeah ties in well with that mm-hmm. idea as well of moving, and the Italians are moving a Fiat a Fiat car company factory over to China, and they're getting four million in gold bullion, right? Yeah. yeah. So in a way the british are also saying that they're against globalization yeah that's a fair point yeah because they're stealing money from a company who wants to take granted it's an italian but in italy but they want to take money out of their own country and jobs out of their own country and put them where they can make a cheaper product somewhere else in china yeah I don't really know about like in the US globalization and moving all manufacturing over to somewhere else is totally common. But what what is it like in Britain? Well, I think at the time in the 60s, you could arguably say that's when Britain was at its best mm-hmm. in terms of like the music and the culture and stuff. So I think there was probably like a little bit of a, you, know, you look down on them because they're the outsourcing to China, right? Little did we know that we're going to take that model anyway in the next decade. But mm-hmm. I think at the time it was almost like, why are you doing that? Like, you should be punished for doing that. So we're going to take it off you and do it ourselves, right? So that's the kind of feeling I think we had in the 60s and then it all mm-hmm. went to shit in the 70s. Yeah, just politically it went to, to crap with the unions taking over as well. So in the late 70s, so that's why mm-hmm. Margaret Thatcher came in in the 80s. That's a bit of a mm-hmm. controversial topic. But... <laughs> Yeah, she was all about big business, big business, right? So she really boomed the corporations in the eighties, mm-hmm. and I guess that's why they all took over. So yeah, I think that's that feeling of almost punishing the Italians for taking the easy way out. Whereas, like Britain in those days, if you got something in the shop, that's probably British made. It's not like it's not made in China or made in Japan or whatever, or made in Korea. It's like made in Britain. Mm-hmm. You, you think now back to that, back to that, it's rare, isn't it? Like if you buy something today that's made in your home country, it's quite. Mm-hmm. A, quite a rare thing so i wear a lot of vintage clothing and i'm always like made in the usa <laughs> yeah you know? you know it's vintage if you see that on the tag <laughs> like, yeah and i have um i have clothes that were made in the usa in the 60s that i wear all the time and i've been wearing for the past like 15 years i'm wearing one right now yeah <laughs> Love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go with the vibe of the movie for the, the era. So. Damn, I should, yeah. have, I should have joined you. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? If I, like, random topic, if I was able to get my own house, I'd have a room dedicated to the 60s, I think. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Like in, in that style. Like yeah. The TV yes. would be in that style. The, the chairs would be in that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just randomly. You bring up a good point because aesthetically, this movie is like. If you want to know what the swing in 60s looked like, if you want to see a bunch of men peacocking it (laughs) all around the world, this is the movie for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's one scene, it's right when Charlie, Michael Caine, and Lorna, his girlfriend, he gets out of jail and she takes him to what seems to be like a brothel. And she got all of the women to be in the room. And then he goes in the, there in the room and then that's like... So today, that 
I bet a lot of people who watch that are, were going to be like, ugh, really offended by it. Yeah, so that's the first scene, I think, where I'm like, ooh. Right. A bit, um, yeah, so it's not a great look to see that this criminal, criminal who's <laughs> been in prison, his reward is to go and yeah, get these, I don't know, 20 women in the so I think it's like 20 to 1 or something in the room, mm-hmm. right? And she mm-hmm. leaves him in there. And I think it's a, it's a scene after when he's like done, right? He's all like disheveled mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just a bit grim in it. I thought that seeing it from like today, right? Yeah. But then I was thinking about if I was a woman in 1969, would I feel the same way or being the contrarian that I am, would I be sort of like, well, this is cool, because it's like sexually liberated. Yeah, that's. A, I think you've got to put that into context with the times, right? Where the sixties were um, sort of liberation for women, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could say that, especially at those times in the late sixties as well. Mm-hmm. And it was arranged by a woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. his quote unquote girlfriend. Um, that so when he gets out of prison, my favorite line is uh, he says, "Take me to my tailor." <laughs> <laughs> That just incorporates everything that sums it up. She says, like, when she picks him up, he's like, oh, it would have been nice to see you. And she's like, you know, that's not my scene. So it's like, he hasn't even seen her for like four years. So then I'm questioning, like, how much girlfriend, boyfriend are they? And then she sets him up to have like an orgy with 10 women who look very happy to be there. Like, (laughs) I'm kind of fine with that scene because Mm -hmm. it was set up by women. They seem happy and willing. And he's like, oh, okay. Everyone seems like a willing party. And, um, but then later she gets upset with him when he's sleeping with a different woman on his own. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. That's the contradiction. Four right? years. So you're kind of giving him like mixed messages here. Yeah. That is that scene where I'm like, oh, so you are a bit annoyed that he's seen a woman. That, that's, a, that's a confusing scene. I, I was going to mention it, but as you mentioned it, yeah. yeah. Lorna is kind of the classic cool girl, mm-hmm. you know, mm. that like uh, puts up puts like really literally like puts up with a lot of bad behavior that crosses boundaries from the men in her life so that they will all think that she's one of the guys and that she's playing along. Lorna is like that because she gets mad as opposed to just being like free spirited and super open minded. But she's somebody that grew up thinking or being told that she was going to get married and have kids and that that would be her life. Yeah, and there's that scene. Do you remember when she picks him? So when she picks him up, and he thinks that she's nicked the car. Mm-hmm, it's got like mm-hmm. the, the Pakistani flag on the car, right? And she's like, oh, you know, five minutes out of prison, really in a hot car. So like, there's mm-hmm. a connotation there when he says, oh, so you you know this like, I don't. It's at Saudi Arabia, Pakistan. I can't remember like the the, mm-hmm. the consulate or ambassador. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, he's a very nice man. Like so, the, he's almost accusing her a little bit of like, oh, so you've been seeing other guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which of course she has. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's been like. Four years or something. I know what happened with all those women. So she was like, you know what? I cheated on him 20 times with 20 different guys. So I'm going to hire 20 women and they can all go out at once and we can just be even right out the gate. I think that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. That's my story. That seems reasonable to me. Me too. (laughs) It's funny because, like, he, well, he's been in prison four years Mm -hmm. and. I assume there's no women in prison, so he's mm-hmm. he's been starved for a long while. Mm-hmm. And twenty women—I mean, he's not going to last two seconds, is he? That's what <laughs> uh, I thought. What, what a waste of like uh, organization. Like, mm-hmm. Barely yeah. one of those women's going to get anything, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope they are all 
into each other. Yeah, that's any result, right? If there's any time you're going to prematurely ejaculate, it's going to be when you just left prison, right? (laughs) Yeah. So it totally is a waste. Maybe that's why Lorna was like, let's just get this out of the way. I presented him with 20 women. I know he's only going to last like five seconds. He's like a speedy guy anyway. Yeah. On a good day. So I'm in. Done. Exactly. Yeah. So there's lots of reasons I don't have a problem with that 20 women scene. I'm glad that I'm glad that we can watch movies and see them in context mm-hmm. of True. the times and yeah. to like know history. That seems just weird because she's rewarding him for being in prison. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. That, that's the bit I don't get. It's like, oh, what the fuck you been doing? Like, he's not slapping around the face. And he's like, Okay, so I've arranged 20 women to go in the hotel room. Away you go. Uh-huh. Like, and that, has anyone ever got that before? I know it's a film, but has anyone ever got that sort of treatment after coming out? Like, right. It should be a hard time coming out of prison to get back into society, but he seems to breeze straight back yeah. in. Well, he's a company really man. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I didn't really know the details or remember the details of, like, why he was in prison, but I just get the mm. feeling that he, like, took the fall for something that their whole group did. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, like, maybe that. And so then she was like, uh, okay. hey, thanks for going in for us. Yeah. Because they seem to all kind of have a ring of hijinks together. So, mm. but I don't know. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. yeah. That, I guess I thought that, too, but I like that you thought of, the fact that he's being rewarded for bad behavior because <laughs> that's the 60s man uh, yeah he's a white british man in the 60s he's gonna be rewarded for bad behavior <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you why i'll tell you why i think that because you know later on when he goes to see Noel coward mr bridges mm-hmm. mr bridges is just not interested in him like he's like no at first you mm-hmm. think if he's a bit of a hero for taking the hit with someone, you yeah. think he'd be like, welcome him in, and like, yeah, come in and we'll discuss. Oh, yeah. Like, he's very, like, standoffish at the start. Yeah. His plan. And he doesn't like him. It gives me the feeling he doesn't like him that much. He thinks he's like a pissant. Yeah. Like a small yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. He's like, get off my shoe, kid. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, but whenever he finally agrees, you better bring back the bullions. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Because I think he's. He's described as a nationalistic criminal, right? So he does mm-hmm. things for Britain. So like, mm-hmm. it almost like gives the impression that if it goes wrong that he's gonna be in trouble with the royal family or someone. Or someone <laughs> yeah. like he's above him. Oh. <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> Courting controversy once again. <laughs> Cover your eyes. That's a really good point. So that, that cringe scene when he's like singing. Yeah. When he's in the prison, they're all like banging the table, and it's like, mm-hmm. is it Royal Britannia in the background or mm-hmm. some sort of British nationalistic music? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bit cringe in it. It's like, oh, ugh. yeah. Yeah. Is it, so it's cringy for you? Uh, I think it is now, yeah. I'm just not very nationalistic, so uh-huh. I, don't, I don't see the value in like singing God Save the Queen. Mm-hmm. It's, just a, it's just a song. But mm-hmm. some people take it really seriously. So I think it gives you the impression that he's doing this for the country and it's all, all good, but actually he's just a criminal just trying to nick some gold. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So people get in trouble for singing a Sex Pistols song? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, um... I like that one. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're more of that <laughs> God Save the Queen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's more of an anthem than the original. 
Yeah, I think Johnny Rotten, he, he loves the Queen now, doesn't he? I think, but hey. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure Johnny Rotten, he's a bit, mm. he's a bit strange in his Sex Pistols. I'm not sure yeah. which way he's leaning towards, but like in terms of that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. Well, he's like this all the time. So who knows? Yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> like, that guy does not ever blink. No. <laughs> I'm like, where is your cult, dude? <laughs> so that's interesting, because I didn't really notice it. Like, the I didn't notice the national anthem music, you know, in the movie the same way. I was just like, oh, that they're singing their country's songs. But when you said that, I was like, that's interesting, because I was thinking... What if they were singing God Bless America or the Star Spangled Banner or Born in the USA? I'm joking. That's not a (laughs) pro-USA song. Um, No matter what Reagan says. So I have the same cringiness with our Mm -hmm. anthems, with the Mm. United States anthems. Yeah. But I didn't feel that way with the British anthems. Yeah, it's just a a weird subplot because you're like, why... Why is this criminal prison, Mr. Bridges? Why is he like all loving the Queen and the royal family and like he's doing it for the country? He, you could arguably say, is against the country because he's creates a, some sort of crime or he <laughs> runs a criminal organization. So it's a bit weird that there's a couple of scenes with him in it and he's like singing the national anthem or they're singing like Royal Britannia and he's got a picture of the Queen on the wall. It's just a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Oh yeah, he has that whole room with all the pictures of the Queen. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, like overkill. He has, like, a boner for the queen. Yeah. Maybe that's what this is about. He's just trying to buy her love. Like, her (laughs) romantic love. He's gay, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't... Do you you remember the quote when he... Do you remember the quote when he says, oh, someone's gay, and I think Noel Coward goes, well, everyone in the world is gay. I think that's his quote, I think. Oh, I totally missed that somehow. Me too. Maybe I was just like, yeah, I agree with that. Sure. (laughs) Hold on. I probably should find the uh, the actual quote. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I want to re-see that part. Yeah. Do you know in the the crew who's doing the job, there's that conduit between Charlie and Mr. Bridges. There's that like other guy who's sort of like, the go-between. I don't know what his mm-hmm. name. I can't remember his name. I think he's talking to him in the cell, and he's like, "Oh, everyone in the world is gay." Or bent. Mm-hmm. I think that's his, his actual quote. Mm. Um, oh, here we go. I, I think I might. I might have it. That's scandalous. Ah, uh, so yeah, Camp Freddy. That's, that's the guy's name I'm talking about. The the, the conduit in between. So they talk about um, Benny Hill, the professor, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. a bit bit pervy. Yeah. And I think he said Camp Freddy. Oh, but Mr. Bridger, what if the professor's not bent? And then he replies, well, Camp Freddy, everyone in the world is bent. So it can be construed oh. as two ways. Oh, see, I didn't know that was a word for gay. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, so that just went right over my head. Wow. Oh, is, that, is that a British term? Bent? Yeah, bent as like, kind of like fuck off or something. But Oh. I thought it was, you're a criminal. I thought it was just like, you're bending the rules. Yeah, that's one <laughs> That's one way I think about it, and the other way is that someone's gay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. It's a play on words, right? I think he probably says ah. it. You, you can take it as you will. Okay. Because Noel Coward in real life is gay, or he was gay, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, neat. Yeah. yeah so I think That's that neat that he put that in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so excited that we learned something. <laughs> Some new lingo from 1969. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But obviously, it's weird that this guy he's speaking to, Camp Freddy, his name is Freddy. But for some reason, this film, they're called Camp Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you have to announce it, but yeah, it's a bit strange for the name. Um, okay, so since you mentioned it, can we just talk about Benny Hill for a second? Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to jump right to it. Do yeah. it. So, as a child, <laughs> my parents would watch Benny Hill. And I just, I don't know, I have a memory of him, like, being on a lot. And I just remember he was always, like, chasing women and being kind of a pervert, kind of like in this movie, but in a different way. And um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on him? Did you have any, did you ever watch him or was that like beyond when you're, I mean, it was like repeats, but yeah, still. Yeah. I know the music, Benny Hill music. Oh, but what? Yeah, I, the only thing I know. Music? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the yeah. theme song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even like a music career that I oh, didn't God, know about, no. like you had an album or something. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I've been missing out. <laughs> James, you're like, I've been to three Benny Hill concerts. They were all marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the only thing I saw him in was that was the Italian job because mm-hmm. it all he says pretty much every sentence is about women, isn't it? In yes. any sort of particular different type of way, whether he's like working out the the mirror to face the women's bathroom or he keeps looking at the window and they get two again they get two women for him to coerce them in mm-hmm. it's very yeah. um interesting and they're mm-hmm. large women yeah particularly he's body women. positive i like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's ahead of his time yeah. <laughs> no yeah. is he, i mean he just must be like a huge pervert in real life or maybe in real life he's just like completely asexual and this is just like his alter ego because he's yeah. always being a pervert in some way anytime that i can think of him yeah like, what was he actually like? that that is who benny hill is he's a pervert mm-hmm. who like terrorizes women with a Pro. mask <laughs> Yeah, with the he has this mask that is mm-hmm. that he's oh I'm just this harmless old guy mm-hmm. kind of a routine and we've all been groped by harmless old men so yeah. that tracks. you know good if you ever get grabbed in the butt <laughs> okay here's my trick I've done it twice you get grabbed in the butt they're right behind you so you can elbow them in the stomach and then as they go oh and they bring their head down a little bit you can knuckle them. You bring your arm up, you flip your arm up, and you hit him in the head with your knuckles. Oh my goodness. What if it is like a harmless old man and then you just like knock him down and break his hip or something? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fucking grab my ass unless you have my permission. It's that simple. (laughs) You're going to get hit. (laughs) Senior citizens, be warned. Yeah. But you know, I think I've been conditioned to be okay with hitting old pervy men because my dad loved Benny Hill as a kid and my mom hated it. And it was on PBS. I'm pretty sure. And he would watch it. And I thought it was funny because of the music and also because I couldn't tell if it was actually creepy <laughs> or if it was making fun of creeps. Both. Yeah, both. It's got to be in it. My dad I think hated I'd like Benny to rewatch. Hill. Yeah, he would be like, oh, no, he's a perv. 
So. Oh, good. Oh. So, yeah, wow. I remember watching that that part of the film that he's in, the Benny Hill bit, and my dad's just like not really into that bit. Mm-hmm. So, Your yeah. dad was progressive. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but he, he, he was right on this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so, Professor Peach. Yeah. Uh, Benny Hill in this movie. He. Ew. That's a gross yeah, name now that I know too. for okay. what is happening. So he has a fetish for big ladies. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you like big ladies. Like, that's cool. If it was presented like that, just like, oh, yeah, that's like who he likes. Like, they're like, we're trying to get him into our gang here. So why don't we give him two ladies? And then they're two big ladies because that's what he likes. That would be fine. No big deal. Everyone around him sees that as a disorder. It's not the fact that he's grabbing women's asses that is the problem. It's the problem and why Mr. Peach is crazy, Professor Peach is crazy in this movie, is because he likes fat broads. Yes. I see you going with that. Yeah. Because in the 60s, all the women that we see up to that point are... Yeah, pretty smoking, right? They've got the, the bodies and all that sort of stuff, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I think he, yeah, he's got that two two things, that what you said, but also he's a computer genius, right? And, and they need him. So mm-hmm. that, that that's the only two things he's got. But mm-hmm. it also gives me the impression that this guy, all he thinks about is that fetish. Mm-hmm. So to get him along to this job, they're going to have to get these two larger ladies to help out because that's the only way he's going to say yeah <laughs> i don't think like money wouldn't be a thing like uh, f- apples whatever you can offer him he's going to say mm. but i think mm-hmm. two ladies will get him in mm-hmm. yeah yeah but he is obviously crucial to the operation right yeah mm-hmm. because because he's the computer guy he is going to stop the traffic lights he's going to jam their traffic control system yeah. in Turin? Is that where they're? Turin. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, In Italy. And they are going to steal off of the truck in broad daylight in the middle of the street $4 million worth, or sorry, $4 million worth of gold bullion. Yeah. With the aid of English fans who watched the football match between England and Italy. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's lots of English there anyway. And it gives you an impre- it also gives the impression that because there's English there, they'll be fine, they'll help them out. Not like they'll say, No, you can't do that, that's not allowed. They'll be like, No, no, that's fine, you're nicking gold, yeah, we'll help you out. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. That's the impression it gives you. Yeah. Like, oh, if you need a bit of help, ask some English fans. <laughs> and it's like they're like, you know what? Uh, we don't really care what you do what you do, but you're also British, so we're just gonna help you because of that and nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, patriotism trumps Legality or morality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Sometimes. also, we're, we are world champions at this point. So, yeah, good feeling. Yeah. Oh. So, they mm-hmm. won the World Cup in 66, right? So, oh. I guess the feeling at that point oh. in Britain is like, oh, yeah, we're like number one at football and oh, okay. a bit of respect there. Oh, mm-hmm. so there's like, that's another reference to of yeah. how great we are yeah. as a country. Yeah. So Professor Peach. Yeah, he accepts. He's in. And whenever 
they're it's like getting close to the finish line. We're gonna need Mr. Professor Peach in here, and he gets arrested for being Benny Hill. Which means he groped a woman. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that adds some tension because you're like, oh, is he going to get out in time? Like, is yeah. the whole job going to be um, extinguished just because of this guy's uh, fetish, like sexual fetish? Like, but no, alas, he is released and the job goes through. Yeah, because when they start planning, right, you know, they all get together in the same room. Mm-hmm. I think Camp Freddy, or was it Charlie, one of the two, said that Professor Peach has got some, I think they called it interesting habits. Mm-hmm. But just, just let him be, let him do what he's got to do. Right. So like they, they acknowledge, again, I don't know if that's just like, they know he's a bit of a groper, or he just likes mm-hmm. large ladies, I'm not sure what they're referring to, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, they're, they're kind of referring to him as a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um, to let him just be. But yeah, that's the first scene where they introduce all the team, right? Mm-hmm. Again, just a bunch of criminals, really. Camp Freddy, Charlie Broker, and Charlie Croker. Yeah, and then kind of the rest of the team who do the actual job. Mm-hmm. And they all get given jobs. Italian jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so there's this one point where they're going to the job and the drama mafia comes again and... They're trying to knock all... They destroy a bunch of cars. Moment of silence. It's a standoff between Charlie and the main mob guy. The Italian mob guy. And Charlie's like, you know what? You can kill me, but if you do, I am totally going to have my boss just start picking off Italian people who live in Britain. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, you know what, Charlie? You can go fuck yourself. Like, at this point, I don't care about you anymore. Like, that is so fucking mean. Yeah. <laughs> it really got me. <laughs> yeah, he listed the places, right? Every Italian barber and pizza place, whatever he says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I think before, just before that, he was initially doing a bit of research, wasn't he? I think. Mm-hmm. Or there's that film where it shows him that the mafia guy is, is about. So he he killed the last guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so when he sort of ambushes him again and... Drops his car over the edge. Mm-hmm. Another great car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now those two cars um, were actually restored. Oh, really? To their okay. former glory. Yeah. The uh, the Jaguars were both restored. Ah. After being okay. smashed by the bulldozer and rolled down a cliff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Uh, kind of like why? And I was like, I was like the Italian job. <laughs> <laughs> no cars died during the making of this movie. <laughs> there was a Jaguar E and a Aston Martin convertible. Mm. Mm. But there were two Jaguars and a, and then uh, Michael Caine's Aston Martin convertible. Okay. What was your favorite quite... car, James? Oh, my favorite car. Probably mm-hmm. is it, was movie. there green? Was there green one in there? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a <laughs> He liked the boss at the end. That was his favorite. Yeah, that was my favorite. Okay. My my question with that scene is, you know when they're all lined up standing with their guns? Mm -hmm. The camera is like, it goes to, I think it shows them put the car over the edge and then they look behind and all disappeared. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how did you not realize like 40 people behind them with guns just like walked off or ran off somewhere? (laughs) 
he looked he looked around like totally surprised didn't he oh mm-hmm. they're gone. yeah, yeah I, I wondered about that as well that's mafia magic yeah i know exactly yeah <laughs> you don't question it <laughs> Hey, there's a lot of powerful witches in Italy. La Zingara. <laughs> That's witch in Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. So do you have any other, like, standout memories or, like, thoughts or influences from this? Yeah, well, the next, before the job happens, right, the next scene is about him, they're, they're training as a team, right, to try and get mm-hmm. it together. The classic line of, like, when he's supposed to blow the bloody doors off. It's a classic um, a talent job line when he's they're trying to figure out how to blow doors off a jeep but not blow the whole thing up oh yeah but then yeah that, <laughs> that's a classic line where everyone knows right even growing oh, up uh-huh. it's like known in British culture like yeah you're supposed to blow the bloody doors off oh. um, so that's kind of like what I remember distinctively from that scene and then they keep crashing the minis <laughs> and the whole so that's like the leading up to it but the whole scene of them doing the job is just brilliant I think. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me want to go, you know, the bit when he crosses over the wedding party, you know, when mm-hmm. someone's getting married and they're jumping off like different directions. <laughs> well, I think one shouts, good luck. Mm-hmm. Well, that inspired me to go there and like just go and sit on those steps. So I went to Turin to sit on those steps. Oh, neat. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's where you said good luck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what I remember. Like, oh, I'm going to go there and just say good luck to if anyone's getting married, but it won't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah the, the whole scene of them just evading the police and nicking the gold and then the close calls and the car chase who who, mm-hmm. who doesn't love a car chase that um, was a great car chase i'm not a huge car chase fan but that one was mm. great and they ended up on top of a building like come on what was yeah, that yeah all the way to the top cool. you know no. Okay. I was like, is that like an airport or something? <laughs> it looks like an airport. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> that was really neat. Hey, this Fiat will go anywhere. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. It was a Cooper, wasn't it? Wait, do yeah, they have so Coopers they use- then? Mini They're, Coopers. They have oh. Mini Coopers. Yeah. Right. They would never use Italian cars, right? Are Mini Coopers British? Yeah. <gasps> okay. Bite your tongue, Holly. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Imagine an Italian job with Fiat's, Fiat Puntos. There you go. <laughs> Did they the wing. <laughs> I only know about big dick cars, okay? Give me. Oh my goodness. You're sounding so American right now. Stop. <laughs> it don't give my girl a boner, I don't even bother. Oh my God. <laughs> we were Australian right now, so bad. <laughs> Sorry, James. That's fun, Giants. I need some Tim Tams. Oh, yeah. I bet you might. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, did you see any other um, Italian job sites while you were there? Uh, so, I saw, well, the piazza where it kind of, that, that those steps are sort of in front of a piazza. So, Mm-hmm. That bit is all in the same area. So I only saw that. And then mm-hmm. in Turin, well, obviously walked along the river where they go weaving and out of the, the whip, they call it the weir, getting it out. Mm-hmm. So that's that. I saw that. But other than that, that mm-hmm. was it. But like you say, that building where they go on top of it, I don't even know where that is. It's hard to know yeah. what that was. But it looked like a, 
was it like a car factory or something? I don't know. Maybe. I'm maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it was a Fiat factory. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. They're closing down the plant. That's fine. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> did you see the shroud of terrain while you were there? <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah How is that? Whoa. Yeah, it's just a shroud of terrain, and it's just the. It's, it's the bait whether it's true, right? Whether it's real. Did, did you yeah. get any feelings off of it? Any impressions? No. <laughs> did you get any impressions? <laughs> they sell like t-shirts that have like the impression of the shroud of terrain t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's seriously sacrilegious. <laughs> Isn't that a sacred holy item? Yeah, it's where Jesus yeah, put his dude. face in the cloth. Yeah, thing. yeah, but but like I I wasn't sure if it was like I'm not religious, so legit, <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> like I didn't know if Catholic people took it seriously, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where oh, they yeah. take? Did you have to pay to see it? Yeah, James. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How much did you pay to see cool. the Shroud of Turin? This is like 2006. Uh, the name. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> Fifteen euros, something like that. <laughs> um, did they take you through a gift shop at the end? Of course. Of the two. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! What the fuck? I told you. It's a separate. It's a separate. Bill. It's a separate room. Like it's mm-hmm. not like all joined up. Like some places like walk way through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a little bit at the end. Yeah. There's also randomly in Turin the second biggest collection of egyptian um what you call it artifacts mm-hmm. outside of egypt so mm-hmm. apart from egypt turin is the best place to go for that well it was in 2006 wow. so oh. if you're interested in that sort of stuff there's yeah. a huge museum there as well oh that. that's good to know definitely because mm-hmm. egypt seems like it might be a little not too sure for women oh uh, yeah yeah so, which I appreciated. I was listening to one of your podcast episodes, and you were talking about that. It was like traveling to Pakistan. Oh yeah, Frank. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, that's really cool that you're addressing. Like, women can't really, maybe shouldn't go here. <laughs> and I was like, thank you for mentioning or thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, because here's in Afghanistan, right? I was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I don't think women can travel freely and solo in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. so. It's a different vibe. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. to cancel our girls trip, Holly. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going to get pedicures? <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah. this is a literal cliffhanger. Yeah, it's so frustrating, yeah. isn't it? So frustrating. Mm. I, I like the guy who's driving the bus. He's quite jovial, isn't he? Like he's laughing. He's mm-hmm. he, he's pretty muscly. He's big. He's pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Lorna? I think she likes him. But mm-hmm. yeah, just the the bus at the end, right? Just swerving off the road and hanging off the edge. And all the guys. And it's like so. You've got the gold is all in the van on the side that's hanging off. Of the cliff. And yeah, then, it starts in the middle, doesn't it? Yeah. And then oh, as gosh. they move, as the guys move, it scoots further and further away. Yeah. And he tells everyone not to get out because one person would disrupt the weight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I've got an idea, but then it leaves on that. <laughs> What's your idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? 
It's so frustrating. I was thinking driving through those mountains. So they're driving through the Alps again at the end. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So instead of in like a sleek sports car, they're driving like a giant bus now through the Alps around these curves. And I was thinking of how scary and challenging that would be. But like you said, the bus driver is just having the time of his life. Like he's <laughs> loving it. And everything's going great until he's like too comfortable and like they're yeah. too high on their victory, I think. And he's just yeah. like not taking the corners quite as carefully as you should maybe. And then the next thing you know, they're like, like you said, cliffhanging. And then they have to choose, like, are we all going to choose to put our lives in danger for this gold? And then they all did. Like they all said, yeah, we'll stay in here and try to risk our life to save this gold so that we can have it Yeah, for ourselves and for our country. Because also the very sad part about before that is they dropped all the minis off the edge, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I get it because they want to obviously just not have any criminal sort of trail. But right. that's quite sad to see that those minis that got them out of like Central True into the Alps mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Moment of silence. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was a moment. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then they literally do leave you cliffhanging because it just ends there where you don't see, it, the situation does not get resolved for you. You just have to leave it to your imagination of do they end up retrieving the gold or do they topple over the edge and die or do they eventually decide to abandon the mission and jump out of the bus? We don't know. Yeah. yeah. And you see, you see Mr. Bridges, I think, just before that celebrating, right, because he gets word that they nicked four million Mm-hmm. dollars worth of gold and uh, mm-hmm. they're celebrating in the prison i think it's one the, where one of the national anthems comes through right mm-hmm. but yeah so that was obviously a celebration apparently so yeah are there theories like you know subreddits of like <laughs> what the theories are of the italian job what people think happened or like fan fiction of how they rewrite the ending oh, i think there's all loads of forums isn't there about what what they would do but also mm-hmm. what they could do because if you think about it, that gold must have been heavy, right? Yes. And yes. the amount of people in there, I don't think would have made a difference. So uh-huh. I'd love to know what a theory would be to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Well, Not getting closer and closer, but then. Yeah. And then instead, it's like the, the more they try, the farther away the gold gets. Mm-hmm. And it makes me... You know, it's interesting to think about because, uh, James, with what you're saying about, like, how the how Britain was in the late 70s and how, like, the significant shift from the late 60s to the late 70s. And I'm like, this movie is very prophetic. Mm. Yeah, 100 mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. And also, I think there's at this point in the 60s, there's, there's always been a case of Britain winning whether it's football, whether it's like having the best bands like, you know, Beatles and Stones and stuff or culture, like London's probably one of the best cities at that point. The, the fact that we were not going to win on this occasion is, is probably <laughs> why people are so annoyed at it because they just want to see him drive to the Switzerland and the Alps, right? And am I, am I annoyed more about the fact that they've gone through all this and Britain's not going to get us $4 million or am I annoyed that the guy was just too relaxed on the on the bus. I, I can't tell which one it is because one is slightly <laughs> one slightly nationalistic, and it's like, oh damn! Imagine if you got back to Britain with that four million gold, that would have helped out. Like you get sucked into the into mm-hmm. the story. 
Mm-hmm. And you're rooting yeah. for Britain. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? In 2000, this is from Wikipedia. In 2008, the Royal Society of Chemistry held a competition for a solution that had a basis in science. Was to take not more than 30 minutes, I'm sorry, was to take not more than 30 minutes and did not use a helicopter. The winning entry by John Goodwin, I'm sorry, by John Godwin of Surrey was, here we go, break and remove two large side windows that are just at the pivot point. Yeah. And have the glass falls outside so that you lose the weight. Mm. Okay. So you're losing some weight in the in the part that's falling over. Okay. Now move up to the glass that's like dividing the front and the the driver's part in the back over the and over the two front axles break those windows and the glass okay but see here's where i'm having a problem because it says break two windows over the two front axles keeping the broken glass on board to keep its weight for balance. How's the sounding so far? Uh, I mean, the glass weighs the same, whether it's on the ground or in the panel. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. Am I wrong? <clears throat> Unless the weight distributes. Well, yeah, yeah. Plus, how are you going to get to those windows to break them? You'd have to like get close to them or shift a lot to break them. How'd you break them inwards? Over the edge. Yeah. With a gold bullion. (laughs) 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 I don't know. Sorry, John Godwin. I'm not buying. I'm not buying this either, and I haven't even gotten to the rest of it yet. (laughs) So I, I I mean, I'm not even going to bother because I think this is a bunk. (laughs) I think I think we need to write. I. Listeners, please write a letter to the Royal Society of Chemistry, letting them know that we don't buy this theory one bit. I think we could come up with something better, (laughs) the three of us. Wouldn't breaking the glass cause so much agitation Mm -hmm. that it would knock the, the van over the cliff? I feel like it. Because, like, they were moving just a Mm -hmm. little bit, and it was was teetering. What's so annoying about that bit as well, I don't know if you remember this, you know when they all move towards the the gold? They Mm -hmm. all move. Why not just one of them move? I thought Mm -hmm. that too! Thank you! The rest of you get back, and then one, one, maybe the lightest guy, just creeps forward and tries to get... The lightest person. Yeah, I know. I know it's comedy, Mm -hmm. but like, yeah, they all move forward and fucked it for themselves. Also... I feel like if the person, they got the person that weighed less, and as he was crawling towards the gold to move it, the other guys could, like, uh, like, sorry, wait, let me start over. So he could crawl slowly. 
Because it seems like part of the problem is the movement. There's too much mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll tell you, really, I just thought that the ending is that they fall over the edge. <laughs> but they didn't want to show it. Because <laughs> I, so, I can't figure a way out of this. If one, per- if one person gets out, it's possible they can do something. But right. they're all stuck in there. Like, I don't know how you're going to. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah, can't figure it out. Well, yeah, what, like the first person that gets out might be the only person that gets out because yeah. then the weight would shift, and it's like, see you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they could arrange to go back and get the gold later because no one else would really know it was there. Ooh, do they have belts? Do. do they have I'd belts? Be the first one out. <laughs> Sarah's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, do they have belts on? Probably. It's the 60s. Yeah. Okay, because couldn't they link all of their belts together? And it would create a strap? And they could pull the gold mm-hmm. off. They could, like, swing it around like a lasso almost with the belts. Yeah. And then slowly plop each bar of gold down. Or their pants, they could take their... They're all wearing those, like, jumpsuits before. They could link those together. Mm-hmm. Or shoestrings, anything. They could have done that to get at least yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if they get the if they get the gold, enough gold over to their side, they're good. then they're, golden. they're good. They're golden. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one uh, mm-hmm. do, do you remember the song at the end that they sing? We are the self-preservation society. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was so that, that is about? that's sung by all the cast in the oh. film, and it's just that good, good-natured, like happy song is that they've completed something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it's also like a it uses Cockney rhyming slang, so it uses like the um, I don't know if you're aware of Cockney rhyming mm-hmm. slang uh, from London. Mm-hmm. They use certain terms in that to to good effect. So yeah, it kind of gives that impression that. They're all like together and they've all done this amazing job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that makes that's all you feel the like they make it. Yeah, it does, not it? Yeah, it gives you the feeling they've done it because they're driving onto the coach in that, on that road and mm-hmm. yeah. Self-preservation, like they figured it out and survived. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was the cast. I was wondering, I was like, is this, you know, like an actual song that would have been on the radio or something? <laughs> 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 Kind of different, but that's neat to know it was the cast. <laughs> yeah, it's cast, it, and I think because Michael Caine's got that classic Cockney voice, so I love it. I love Michael Caine, <laughs> and then I always think of him in Alfie, and then I love Jude Law, and Jude Law remained Alfie, <laughs> so it like all comes together. For <laughs> of course, <me>. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think my my favorite like scene, so maybe like a roundup, is definitely the blowing the bloody doors off that's a, it's a classic mm-hmm. scene i like that mm-hmm. i also like the one when he yeah says that good luck when he, they're driving off the the stairs when they, that people get married and mm-hmm. it's just the little quips the little mm-hmm. one-liners that are there there's also yeah. one line when they're trying to build their team together and they're doing like the the, the works on the cars to make sure they're way enough and stuff like that and one one of the guys in the team's a bit dopey and I think Charlie asked him a question like, oh, is it going to get fixed? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, is it going to get fixed? He's like, yeah, yeah. And he's asked him it two or three times. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a quite 
funny clips <laughs> time get, get move on and hurry up so i think there's a few like quips rather than like big scenes um, yeah, because it's actually ridiculous if you look at the the plot. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, most so, movies are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 At least it had great scenery and great wardrobe. Mr. Fish did all of the wardrobe for that movie. Michael Fish, he is a designer, and he oh. is has a big part to do with the uh, peacocking phenomena of the of the sixties and seventies with men he kind of started that of like hey men you can express yourself through your wardrobe and he used a lot of like silky fabrics and uh things that felt good and had like a more uh feminine or dandified kind of look to it i saw i saw those shirts and i was like eh, because i'm kind of big on that stuff (laughs) on fashion not i don't want to say that because i'm not big on fashion because people think that that means like current fashion and i'm that's not what i'm talking about i'm i guess i should maybe it's more like fashion history so anyway Mm -hmm. yeah mr fish yes the wardrobe is a big part of this movie so Mm yes huge definitely um do you have any um other like trivia things or anything interesting like behind the scenes knowledge about the movie that you scoped out over your eight times watching it (laughs) (laughs) um not really trivia but i think michael kane at that time 1969 he was i'm not gonna say the top of his powers but he'd done a few films british films before that so done zulu and the battle brin which is one one of the ones i mentioned Um, i think he was showcast in showcase in this film as someone who's not as serious so i think that was a big success for him because i think he in zulu and in battle of britain was very serious roles like they're, they're war films like they're not like comedy oh. or anything like that um you know uh other quips or facts is on days like these at the start by matt monroe is actually written by quincy jones mm-hmm. oh oh i saw quincy jones's name on the beginning yeah yeah he That's wrote that right. song so that, i didn't know that like until mm-hmm. I was much older when I started getting into music. So that was... Because On Days Like These is one of my favourite songs of all time. Oh, I don't wow. know if it's nostalgia or it's just... Uh-huh. I love the song. It's probably both. But <laughs> it's, it's up there for me. In 2003, the second one that they done, the talent job two, was shite. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did that have Marky Mark? Oh, yeah. And Charlize Theron or something? Who is in that? Marky Mark. Wait, what song did Marky Mark sing? I forgot about... No, I'm not kidding. Come on, come on. Feel it, feel it. Yeah, he doesn't want to be called Marky Mark. Wait. And the Funky Bunch. Good vibrations. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the song? He does that? I remember we used to always make fun of that song. Oh, yeah. We we hated Marky Mark. (laughs) He would like everyone to forget that that ever happened, but we're bringing it back. <laughs> Marky Mark, it was like, Marky Mark, I'm sorry, I don't normally say this because I sound like a rapist, but you're asking to get pantsed, dude. Oh. Like, that was all I could think about, like, his whole career was when is he going to get pantsed? Well, yeah, because he modeled those Calvin Kleins because his underwear were always hanging out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What does pants yes. mean? Oh, sorry. It's when somebody, uh, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to do to somebody. 
When you go up behind somebody and you pull their pants down oh, right. in front of everyone. <laughs> it's yeah. like sexual assault light. It's sexual assault light, exactly. It's very Benny Hillish. Right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but it happens a lot in like junior high. Kids would do that to each other to like humiliate each other on the playground yeah, and yeah. things. In sports. And then you just well, like you know. pray to God you're wearing underwear and that they're clean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> my favorite quote was Take me to my tailor. You guys yeah. have kind of done your quotes. <laughs> my favorite quote was also Take me to my tailor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We usually do like a favorite quote. And then at the end, we think of a question uh, that's like somehow related to the movie that we would ask like listeners to email in about. Um, and I normally come up with one like at the very end because I never think ahead and then Holly comes up with like a better version of it well it's just a a different vibe yeah it's not better so we would be like listeners have you ever um you know gotten out of prison and had your girlfriend arrange a party at a brothel for you or something like that it's very specific and be like listeners has something like this ever happened to you (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, put you yeah. on the spot. What question would you ask James to listeners, like about this film? Mm-hmm. Like in relation, have you ever been at your own wedding and it's public, so it's not in the church, and someone shouted something like when it's going on, like because you know that scene when he said, "Oh, good luck" as they drive mm-hmm. down. Has anyone shouted like, "Don't do it," or? Or equally, has, has someone said, like, in the aisle, you know, you know the bit when they say, so is there anyone here present who, has anyone ever had that, where oh. someone's gone, like, no, don't do it? Oh, my goodness. Like, That's a great Like, if anyone question. has an objection, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Ooh, and Love then someone actually said something. <laughs> yeah. In relation to, like, when they drive down and say good luck, because I think that's a bit of a funny yeah. quip, but yeah. That's oh my, my gosh, that's a great question. That is a great question. <laughs> if someone was driving by, they're like, don't do it. <laughs> then when you have second thoughts, like, do they know something? <laughs> know? Or, yeah. Try to ignore this. this don't like, do it. Because <laughs> what, what actually happens, right, if, if someone says something? If someone uh, yeah. goes, no, 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 no. Then what, what's, next, what's the next like, thing that happens? Do the organizer say or the vicar go right okay so we need to discuss this now or does he call Mm -hmm. it off or like what's the next step that's a great question because they make it sound like if anybody objects then like we have to call the wedding off yeah that's what it sounds like yeah is that true Mm -hmm. i don't think so (laughs) i think i I think probably just a couple of family members would like boot you out of the the wedding but (laughs) and then there'd be some like awkward moments afterwards of like mm-hmm. now what was that about and some second thoughts maybe but it's yeah. like we've come this far yeah that's such a good question and i do wonder if that has ever happened that's funny i was watching this show have you guys ever seen um what we do in the shadows i saw the movie uh-huh. okay so the movie's great it's like taika watiti and um the show they made a tv version of it it's on hulu or fx it's about these vampires. But anyway, they're having a vampire wedding and they're like, if anyone has any objections. And then one person got up and said it. And then they like panned to a few minutes later and there was a line of like 20 people that all had like objections. <laughs> it's like an hour later and they're like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> but they went ahead with the wedding anyway. <laughs> Anyways, it's funny that you asked that. I just saw that.
Okay. So that's a question. If that's ever happened to you, email us at coveryourguyspodcast at gmail.com. That's the biggest water bottle I've ever seen. That's huge. <laughs> that's absolutely huge. It's like a, a water tower. It's a Barbie water tower. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Cover Your Eyes podcast.